in five, four, three, two, one. How's it going, everybody? You're tuned into another episode of Styles and Driss. And we are coming to you live and direct from the Rock Lord Soul Steppers headquarters here in Minneapolis, Minnesota, to be exact. The north Minneapolis of the north of Minneapolis, Minnesota. <laughs> the north Minneapolis of North Minneapolis. <laughs> yeah. This is true north. Uh, yeah, true north. Um, but it is Saturday, January 8th, 8th. And we are in 2022. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One, two, three, hallelujah. As Ty said, and he probably doesn't remember this, but he said that uh, when we were in either California or Florida mm-hmm. and we were on our way to a rental car. And we were getting, well, I think we were all taking photos inside the rental shuttle, not rental car, rental shuttle, the shuttle to take us to the rental car place from the airport. And it was me, Johnny, Ty, Los, Joe, Mike, and Jarrell, whom a lot of you might know as Kid Rello. And we were there for, I think, Freestyle Session 10 year anniversary. And Ty is taking the photo. And, you know, typically people are like, say cheese. You know, and uh, instead of saying that, Ty was like, one, two, three, hallelujah. <laughs> and and there is like an older white couple that was on the shuttle with us, and they looked like very frightened as soon as he <laughs> said that. I mean, <laughs> I don't know why they were frightened, but no, maybe they were like heavy non-denominational Christians or something like that. Right. And they were just like, whoa, what, what, is, what is that? Why did he count? I'd be like one, two, three. Praise Scientology. <laughs> Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. David Miscavige. Yeah. <laughs> one, two, three. L. Ron Hubbard, motherfuckers. <laughs> Wrote more fiction than any other human on planet Earth because he never made a second draft. Never made a second draft. Never because he was so confident in his shit. <laughs> so uh, yeah, happy Saturday. Yeah, happy Saturday to you, man. It's uh, it's been a good week. Yeah. Um. Uh, it's in terms of dance, it's been whatever you know. Like, uh, what I didn't teach a class the mm-hmm. fall, the week before, right? You got a little break. Uh, we didn't have session either, mm-hmm. so I, I really didn't dance. Yeah, at all the week prior, right? And um, came into class on Tuesday, and <laughs> like openly vo- voiced that out. Like, yeah, I haven't danced for like a whole week, so I'm a little mm-hmm. rusty. Yeah. Um, but you know, made it through okay. session was session was chill. You know, it's, I was still a little out of it, but you know, survived through session. I was pissed. Yeah. Why were you pissed? <laughs> yeah, I, could, I could tell cause yeah. you left early. Yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> it was a myriad of reasons. I mean, mostly just the, the idea of when you're dancing with a mask, it's kind of, it's almost like um, it's very similar to like altitude training where you just do not have that extra gear. So you go out, even if you do something as like simple and benign as like just like a little footwork run where you're just like, you know, grooving and shit like that, you're not taking in nearly as much oxygen as you'd like. So basically like everything that I was doing was just not lining up and I was just, I was just off. And, um, when you do that, you kind of feel almost like, um, 
it's kind of like it's, it's almost like when you come back to doing anything like weight training or let's say you're you're going golfing or some shit and you've been out of it for like two or three weeks so all the progress that you made is just completely just gone and you kind of get to a point where it's like uh, I always tell people that saying about you know practice makes perfect um, it's actually perfect practice that makes perfect. Mm. So if you're not going to be at your absolute best when you go out, then you're kind of, you know, you're just wasting time at mm. that point. And I was like, yeah, man, I should have just fucking stayed home. I should have just, you know, relaxed and kind of, you know, I was, I was hoping that like going out to a session was going to actually kind of clear my mind, but it didn't. It made everything like quicksand. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, yeah, I got to fucking get out of here. I got to go back home. Yeah, I could tell because <clears throat> you were like, normally you're, you're like there either a little early or like right on the dot. Mm-hmm. And I was even wondering in my head, I was actually about to text you and ask you like, you're good, you know, just yeah. to make sure that, <clears throat> you know, whether you were going to stay home or you were just running a little late. Yeah. But as soon as I got to my phone, you already showed up. Right. I mean, and I, and, and that's partially it too. Um, now that I live in Brooklyn Park, it's sort of a reset on a lot of different levels. One of the resets is that I have to kind of recompensate and refactor in like um, where I'm at, like how long it's going to take me to get to places. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been having to make it, that adjustment with like work and everything because, you know, some days the roads are completely clear and I get there like way ahead of schedule. And there's like other times where, you know, it's just like a fucking you know, a caravan of cars. And I'm like, shit, dude, this should only take me 30 minutes. And it's actually taking me like 45 minutes or 50 minutes. So it was the same kind of thing versus, um, when I was living over in uh, Maplewood, it was really, really easy to get to session. I mean, like stupid, stupid, easy. I was just yeah. like, fuck bro. I'm just like on no. 94 and I'm just there. Yeah. Now you're in my, now you're feeling my pain. Yeah. So, so I, I have to readjust, uh, for that. Um, I mean, it's not it's not been a total loss. Um, last week, I did get to go and um, train um, over at my, um, which is going to be my, my soon-to-be academy. Um, shout out to uh, Twin Cities um, BJJ over in uh, Coon Rapids. Nice. Um, I did um, I did a back-to-back class, so I did uh, Muay Thai first, and then Sweet. I did jujitsu. Awesome. And and then this is the funny part, right? This is why I was kind of pissed at Thursday session because that was Monday when I went in there. Went in on Monday, and what I lacked in like overall technique, I more than made up for in my gas tank, like, you know, my breath work and everything that I've been doing and like cold showers and, um, all that kind of stuff. Saunas has all been paying off. It's kept my, my cardio up. And at that point that was still before the mask mandate was reinstated. So I was out there and I was just fucking going and, um, Muay Thai, especially I was like, I was really thinking that I was just going to be gassed before I even started, but I hung the entire way through the class and they do, um, they do Muay Thai like uh, they do rounds. So they'll have everything set up where they're like, all right, first thing everyone's going to do is they're going to jump rope for a round. Then after that, the coach will be like, all right, now we're going to do, um, you know, uh, everyone's going to grab kicking shields and uh, you're going to have a partner. So one person's got their, their mitts on and they're going to be the, uh, they're going to be the one that's like doing the target practice. The other person's just holding shields for you. So, you know, you did that and we did that for like five rounds and then we switched 
and then the other person goes and you're holding for for them and um did that and i was just like fuck dude this is, i mean it was it was a hell of a workout then after that went and did the uh jujitsu class right after and with jujitsu typically you'll start with your like the main body of the class is going to be just um it'll be like a like a five or a ten minute warm-up depending on the, the academy some academies really want to burn you out so that way you just you only are going off of just like complete training and not muscle and horsepower um but because of the fact there i think there was only like two other guys that showed up for that class they didn't even bother doing the warm-up they were just like yeah let's just hit the ground running so we were working on techniques um did my techniques and then afterwards we did the role and the role in jujitsu is sparring so you know you just go ahead and you have 30 minutes and it'll be anywhere from like three to five minute rounds depending on how the coach wants to set it up and it'll be like you know you'll hear like the the uh the clock will will ding and you know you're like hey you want to go yep all right cool slap hands uh fist bump and then you just go and then once that that bell rings now you switch partners you rotate so um i went ahead and i did that and um i rolled against a blue belt and a purple belt and um what i was really stoked about was the fact that the the blue belt was more my size so he was like really just like trying to you know go after me and stuff so i i hung with that and because it's been such a long time and um I, i've forgotten so many techniques i just kind of was more focused on just trying to survive and not tap if i can help it um then i rolled with the purple belt purple belt is he probably outweighs me by about maybe 50 or 60 pounds and he's a tall guy and just like like all arms and legs so i knew that at that point he was just going to be setting me up for like triangle city left and right so um so i i basically was like really focused on just you know breath control and survival because being that he's bigger than me and heavier than me he was going to be able to take positions easier and just like get into spots and i was going to be like kind of painted into a corner and have to figure out like okay um do i have to frame up do i have to bridge do i have to you know shrimp escape from this you know how do i get out of this there was one point where he was really insisting on a on a triangle choke um and uh and he had me in uh, uh he, he was he was in mount i reversed and then when i um he ended up pulling guard and then when i was like trying to get his leg out and i was getting ready to um uh to uh frame up he just boom he put up his shoulder her, his legs on my my shoulders as if he was you know just setting his watch right i was like fuck so i knew i was in trouble so i basically just i just went ahead and i just went like real heavy um went ahead and uh uh did like a gable grip to protect my arms from getting pulled cuz if he if he can get my arm across center uh center line where your arm goes across the center of your body and kind of off to either the left or the right depending on which arm it is then all he's got to do then is just get that figure four you know his one leg will hook over his knee and then he'll just put that pressure in and that's it you're you're being sung a brazilian lullaby <laughs> so i sat there and i just kept putting that pressure and then eventually i got to a point where i was able to to like and i mean he almost had me there and i was like just about to tap and then finally i was able to like just inch the escape and <clears throat> after everything was all said and done he was like uh he's like dude he goes you're a white belt and i said i said yeah i mean 
I only got like my second stripe when I was over at uh, the academy in St. Paul. And he goes, dude, he goes, you did a really good job. He goes, um, I really appreciated the fact that you're not the typical like spazzy white belt that just tries to fucking go berserk and everything. You were just taking your time. You're pacing yourself. You were breathing. He goes, I could tell because I was putting, I was like putting you into like really like uncomfortable spots where most people panic, especially beginners. And you just kept it cool. You know, and it's like as soon as you were like on your back and, you know, he got me in side control. I immediately um, uh, put my one foot down, crossed my other leg over my knee. So that way he couldn't get like completely, like he couldn't completely smother me. And I just framed up and I just sat there and I just survived. And he was like, yeah, he's like, you're, you're doing a fucking good job, dude. He's like, uh, you, you learned a lot over at that academy. So props to the academy for teaching, you know, I was just like, yeah, shout out to uh, Coach Brennan and uh, Fausto and, um, I, I don't think everybody's there anymore or a lot of the guys like have kind of gone off in different directions, but like, it was like Brandon Fausto, uh, Sean, um, yeah, those were all like the main guys that kind of gave me that foundation. So that was cool. I, so I was like, so when I went to the Thursday session, sorry, this is a real roundabout fucking explanation of all this. It's, it's kind of frustrating because that's almost like, you know, that gave me a sense of confidence <laughs> and then all of a sudden going back to like, okay, now you're going to have to like dance with a mask on and like handcuffs on your hands and feet. And, you know, so you're just kind of like going like, fuck dude, I, I, my legs aren't doing what my mind is telling it to do. Um, breathing was more difficult because you know, you're wearing a mask and everything. And yeah, I just, you know, and I, I showed up kind of late. So I just, I felt like I just started it on, you know, kind of just the, the wrong foot. Mm-hmm. And I was already like hella tired too. I, I hadn't been getting very much sleep because of the fact that, you know, with work, I've been having to get up like even earlier than what I used to. I used to live like only like a mile away from work. Now I have to get up like super early just so I can get there on time. Mm-hmm. And that's been cutting into my sleep schedule. So I have to like readjust about that and shit. And yeah, man. And so it's, you know, making the adjustments. But I mean, that's that's the nature of the beast, you know. It's, it's always like that's part of the other reason why I like practices because practices tell you kind of where you're at mm. and you go, okay, I was gassing it today. I need to work on my stamina or, Oh, I shouldn't have eaten that fucking pot roast and potatoes, <laughs> you know, or Cuban food or, mm-hmm. you know, that extra large uh, bowl of pho before I came in. It's, it's like, you'll, you'll just know, like once you go in yeah. like five minutes into it, you're like, Oh yeah, I'm just fucking dogging it. So, yeah, and I think food is like the biggest thing that cuts into it mm-hmm. um, over how early or how late you are. Yeah, like if you, it doesn't matter whether you're later, whether you're on time or not. If mm-hmm. you have food right before session, good luck. Yeah, um, I'm jealous, and I, it's not always like that. There's some dancers that I know that need food, need to eat something right before they dance because that's their source of energy. Granted, that's a source of energy for every human being right. or, you know, every living thing. But um, to be able to do what we do when we practice on a full stomach is just fucking insane Yeah, to me. Um, granted, I can, I can house dance, you know, with food in my stomach, but I'll be slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no way in hell I could break with food in my stomach. Yeah, that, that's... There's, there's just no <laughs> fucking way. But there are there are B-boys and B-girls that can do it. Uh-huh. One to mention is Toys from uh, D.C., Lions of Zion, Washington, mm-hmm. D.C. I remember 
there is one year he flew out here for one of Johnny's um, battles, and he was the judge. And I picked him up, and he's like, dude, Ozzy, can we go to Taco Bell? I was like, you want Taco Bell right before the jam? He's like, yo, yeah, I'm judging, but, you know, this is my source of energy. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't do energy drinks. I don't do none of that. I have to have food. And it doesn't matter what kind of food it is. I don't mm-hmm. care if it's junk food or fast or whatever. I got to have food in my stomach. Right. And he kills it. Mm-hmm. So I'm very envious of people that have that have that in them. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, Jarrell Kidrello, he would eat snacks. And, like, not just light snacks. He would have fucking those mini donuts at the gas station, mm-hmm. those little mini hostess donuts. He would eat all that right before a battle. Right. And that was the way to calm his nerves because mm-hmm. he was so nervous. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever seen Kidrello break, the dude flips like crazy. He's, yeah. he's like, he's a, he's a, um, impact kind of b-boy. You right. know, like, he does a lot of flashy shit. Yeah. Um, it's not like you're brand new old school. I'm going to do this quick shuffle on the floor with some footwork and do a quick freeze and uh, give you a cack. Right. You know, <laughs> like, no, it's like, I'm going to flip over. I'm probably going to do a rainbow or a Valdez. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to do like a halo and pop up into an invert yep. or a stingray freeze. You know, like, he, he's fucking nuts, but he needs to have that type of stuff right. in his stomach to calm his nerves. So I'm envious of those people. Right. So my question to you yeah. is why did you pick uh, that school in Coon Rapids over the academy in Brooklyn Park? Um, part of it is because a lot of academies now are getting to the point where they want to lock you in. And I understand because num- first and foremost, I mean, this is not this isn't March of Dimes, right? This isn't the uh, the Boys and Girls Club. It's a business. Right. So they want to make sure that whoever is coming in is not going to half-step. Um, but what I don't like about that is that if you get, like, uh, contractually bound and, say, like, life circumstances, especially nowadays, man, it's like, what if, you know, there's another really, really gnarly COVID outbreak Um, there's a lot of schools that are just like, yeah, you're going to have to keep paying your dues every month, regardless of if we shut down or if the state says or does something or anything. So it doesn't make any sense to be locked into a contract if it's going to take me an extra long time to get my blue belt simply because of the fact that, you know, there was all these like starts and stoppages and shit. So when I checked out that, uh, that Academy, um, they had, uh, they're like strictly just, you know, you, you pay as you go. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, um, you, you go and you take your introductory class. Um, you fill out the, uh, the waiver, you know, saying that, you know, you go ahead and you arm bar me. I'm not going to fucking sue, sue because I'm a pussy, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> you know, that kind of good shit. Um, but then also it's like saying like, okay, so now you're going to pay up for the month. So, you know, you pay your, your flat fee, and also depending on like what classes you're going to do, if you're just going to do one class or the other or both, then there's like different packages for that. And then when you uh, when you pay your dues, you've got a month to use that. You know, it's kind of like a gym membership, right? Where they where they just basically go, yeah, like you know, you you use it straight up, and if not, cool. But there's like a lot of other um, there's even like fitness places that do that shit too, where they're like, okay, we you can either pay like month to month if you want to. Or if you want a good deal, then you can pay for like six months or a year in advance. Um, and you'll actually save quite a bit of money, but it's on you to like 
show up. Right. Mm. So for me, I just appreciated the fact that if, you know, if I happen to travel, um, let's say I get a gig out of state someplace, or I go to Europe or I, you know, go to Asia or go here or there, or, you know, any place in the, the, uh, domestic U S and I'm like, okay, well, you know, coach, I'm not going to be able to make it for, you know, a month. Cause I'm going to be so busy with X, Y, and Z. Then, um, a lot of other places, they're just kind of like, you know, it's like, it's like good fellows, right? Fuck you, pay me, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they they don't give a shit. Um, but this coach, he's uh, shout out to Coach Nate. Um, he's got his uh, his academy set up where he's just like, yeah, you basically you go onto the website and you pay, you know, through the website. There's no giving your debit card or your, um, excuse me, um, your um, uh, you, you're not like putting in like a, a check like a voided check or any of that kind of stuff and having them just like automatically withdraw. You're, you're doing it like, you know, month by month. So I like that. And I like the fact that it's, it's under, under six miles, um, away from where I live as the crow flies. Uh, so I'm technically, uh, closer to that Academy mm. than I am to the Brooklyn center Academy. Um, and you know, and, and not to knock, uh, coach Greg or anybody else over there. Um, but I also like um, just the fact that, like, I can go out there kind of at my leisure. And I'm a very self-disciplined person to begin with. So I know that I'm going to be utilizing anything that I do. Um, and I'm always going to get my money's worth, just like, you know, with my current gym membership that I have, just working out. I always make it a point to at least go three to, uh, three times a week, hmm. you know, um, bar none. And then, you know, if I can, I try to go five is like, you know, like the, the big goal, right? So I just... Decided that I was just going to go ahead and uh, give it a shot and see how I liked it and everything. And then based on that, I would go, okay. Because, I mean, I it's also been my experience, too. I've gone to some other gyms where you you might not be the right fit or that gym might not be the right fit for you. And you'll see that sometimes. Like some places are very um, sport-centric in the way that they, they train where they're basically like going like, we're not teaching you anything you're just you just have to keep up, right? Other places are very much like, hey, um, we're a McDojo that happens to have jujitsu, and maybe the people that are teaching jujitsu have only taken a couple of seminars, mm-hmm. so they're showing you just kind of you know, whatever stuff. But their specialty is like some other art form, mm-hmm. and I don't, I'm not a fan of those. So you never know until you actually get in the cipher with people, you know, and mm-hmm. see how they operate. And I really like their their uh, the way that they they teach um, their Muay Thai coach. Um, she's very competent, and I was like, okay, this is cool. She was like giving really good advice on my form, and um, and showing me like some of the variances and uh, differences because I'm I'm familiar with Muay Thai, but there's like a couple of rough edges and bad habits that I have from like years of doing Taekwondo and Wing Chun. So she was like, oh, okay, so all you got to do is like twist your hip a little bit more here, or don't don't completely go to a sideways stance. You want to kind of stand semi, uh, semi forward and stuff. And I was like, Oh, okay. I'd make the adjustment. And the next thing you know, the, the technique worked. And I was like, some people, they, I mean, they, they might be very good at, you know, fighting or very good at their art, but they're not very good at teaching too. Mm-hmm. So I, I dug that. I dug that. Um, I was able to go out there and they were able to kind of meet me where I was at and then give me a little bit of elbow room to kind of adjust and stuff rather than being like, you know, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. They were like, okay. And they like, let me go a little bit. And they go, here, can I give you a little, little tip? I'm like, I'm all ears. Mm-hmm. They show me. I'm like, all right, cool. Make the adjustment. And then bam, you move forward, which is the same way. Like 
with like dance teaching uh, too, is like some people are very gifted at being able to dance and people always want them to teach because, you know, they won competitions or they, you know, travel and they've done this, that, and the other, but they don't know how to articulate, you know, maybe what a beginner is going through and they can't identify with that. So I, um, I dug that. I, I dug that about that place. And, you know, and coach Greg and all those guys, I've, I've trained with them before and they're all like really fucking hardcore too. So, you know, and, and they're all very competent teachers. Their academy is prestigious. I mean, that's where Rose Nama Yunes um, periodically trains when she's here in, um, in Minnesota. Brock Lesnar trained out there. I mean, we got a lot of heavy hitters that always come through Minnesota. Joe Rogan has, like, prominently mentioned Coach Greg on his podcast a few times. So it's not like I don't – it's not like I'm not receptive to going there. But I just like the idea that I can kind of just go, like, all right, well – you know, this is a little bit more flexible for my schedule and my needs and everything. I'm able to pay as I go rather than get like locked into like a two year contract mm-hmm. and all that kind of good stuff. So, right. Yeah. That's surprising how, cause at my gym member at my gym, which I'm, well, it was, but I'm about to rejoin again. Okay. But at my gym and anytime fitness, they have like a two year contract. Mm-hmm. But when the pandemic kicked in, what was really nice about the owner, um, is that, he uh, put a hold on everyone's membership. Okay. Like you were still, you were, yeah, he put a hold because you couldn't even go in. Mm-hmm. So he didn't charge anyone for however so many months until the state regulated it to the point where they're like, all right, everyone can start going back to the gym again. Right. So I'm surprised that the Academy doesn't do, <laughs> they didn't do that. I mean, some of them did. Um, I think if memory serves me correctly, I think that, Coach Greg and Coach Brandon both um, had it where they were they were still letting people come in to train, but they were doing it like in pods. Mm. Oh, so yeah. they would say like, okay, so we're going to have like a group, and you're you know if you're like A group, B group, or C group or whatever, and then that way you were you kind of knew specifically if some if something did happen, then they would say okay, so somebody from B group. Um, potentially might have been exposed to somebody mm. with COVID. Yeah, that makes and sense. And they did come in on a Tuesday, but then they didn't get symptoms until the following Friday or something. So everyone from, like, A group or B group um, stay home and, you know, get tested or whatever. And then we'll go, we'll we'll reset next week kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, um, the other thing now being that um, with jujitsu, they're kind of like, they're looking at it almost as like a almost like an occupational hazard, right? It's like any which way that you seem to slice it, you're gonna be kind of taking your your own health into your own hands. So just be responsible. If you feel, um, you know, fucked up in any type of way, I mean, and it could just be an injury, physical injury. And some people still insist on trying to go in. And other people are smart enough to say, well, you know what? Last week I I got you know caught up in a leg lock and. You know, my ACL feels kind of weird, so I'm just going to stay at home and heal up or sauna or Epsom baths or whatever. And then there's other people that just, you know, try to, like, push themselves and, you know, they start rolling injured and, you know, go through all that stuff. And eventually they have to go through surgeries and all this other um, nasty shit. So, yeah, for me, I I, I like the fact, though, that I can kind of just, like, ebb and flow and adjust with it and if i know that like let's say down the road i'm like okay well i'm going to be in amsterdam that month and maybe someplace else then it's just like all right well i just won't pay for that month you mm-hmm. know and 
you know, I just, you know, and I, I just won't show up at the academy or I'll, you know, send an email and say, hey, you know, I'm going to be uh, gone uh, next month. So I'm going to try to get in as much as I can this month or the month after. But just giving you guys a heads up, I'm not going to be there the following month or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of international travel. It's kind of hard to gauge when that will actually be, when right. that will actually happen. Yeah. I mean, you know, people are still traveling right now, but there's nothing to really travel for in terms of dance events. Mm-hmm. Or it it's not easy to travel for right. internationally at all, um, which is why I haven't done any of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to deal with the stress. I don't want to deal with the bullshit. And, like, it's just, yeah. It, it was already interesting enough traveling with – after nine eleven, right? You know, this is just like twenty notches up mm-hmm. from it from in terms of getting a test and doing this, doing that. Uh, if people have the time and you know mental capacity to put up with it, congratulations. I don't. Uh, mm-hmm. I just, yeah, I don't at all. And I'm already, I'm already kind of a freak when it comes down to traveling, anyways. Which is why I travel alone very so often, right? Because. I don't want to drag anyone through my shit, and I don't want to get dragged through anyone else's shit, or I don't want to, like, lift someone up, you know? Right. I'm much more of a lone bird, and, I mean, you've seen how I go. Like, I'll be like, yeah, I'll just meet you there. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, that's just the best way. Mm-hmm. When we're there, yeah, let's fucking kick it. But in terms of the time to get there, I'll see you there. Right. You know, because I need some mental capacity to, to, <laughs> to like, breathe a little. Yeah, and, and, that, and that can also be... You know, it can be difficult for people who don't normally travel and they lack that experience. Because, like, the, I mean, I see the way you operate. You're like Jason Bourne. You know, it's like you know where a lot of the exits are. You kind of have, like, your route that you're going to go and you're just going to fucking run the play. Mm-hmm. And then somebody else stops and goes, oh, hey, look, there's a Chick-fil-A. Hey, let's look at this. Hey, let's look at that. And you're just like, fuck you. I'll see you there. You know, versus, like, um, and that's why I was, like, trying to be all about the business when we went to uh, Vegas together was because i know that you're the kind of guy that um when you travel you've got like a very specific trajectory. i'm very methodical <laughs> yeah and i'm just like yo man um you you quarterback it dude whatever whatever path you want me to run i'll run mm-hmm. so if you're like hey stay right here or you're like go over there and wait until i call you or whatever i'm like all right cool i'm, I'm with that you know and i appreciate so. your patience on that well yeah man because that, yeah. that's the other thing too man it's like um people people get it twisted all the time where they think that if you're just about the business that like you, you lack um, compassion or empathy or you don't have a heart. And it's, it's like, well, the shoes got to be on the other foot too, for the person who is um, kind of the guest of the situation, you have to be able to say, okay, whatever it is that I need to do, um, I'm going to trust your judgment because, you know, you know better than I do mm. rather than like, you know, dragging your feet, bitching, complaining, slow down. You're walking too fast. Where are we going? I'm hungry, mm-hmm. you know, and all that kind of shit. Are we there yet? All that fucking nonsense can be put on the back burner. Right. Yeah, you're right. So, yeah, like I, exactly how it goes, man. It's when you're the guest in, in a certain situation like that, it's like you either fall in line or you just take yourself out of the situation and go your own way. Right. You pick which way, you know? Right. When I'm the guest in any situation, I always fall in line. When mm-hmm. we were when we were spending the time at with Foot and Lorelei, mm-hmm. you know, when we were staying at their crib, Foot made it clear where he's like, I'm going to be working every day. Yeah. I'm like, no problem. I'm right. going to get a rental car. Yep. 
Yeah, because I don't want to drag. I don't want to put be a burden to you. I don't want you to be a burden to me. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get a rental car. I'm gonna do. We're gonna do our own thing. If yeah. that's okay with you. Yeah, you know. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yep. fuck yeah. And, th- and that's why like the uh, the trip out there was was fun. It was a breeze because we just basically had it all uh, figured out where we were going. Like, all right, we're gonna go do our own thing, and then we can meet up with Foot afterwards. Yeah. Or Foot's like, oh hey, guess what? Um, you know, I got some free time. You know, so yeah, motherfuckers want to come out to the gym. I'm like, bet. You know, and the I, I think that sometimes um, people aren't really used to travel, or they've only gone on like vacations with people. So there's like a very specific exposure that they've had experience with. And then I've been like on places or at places where it was like, there's no time for fun and games. This is like, this is a business trip, so to speak. And there's other times where it's like, okay, this is completely recreational or yo, there's like 10 people and we're all going to be off on our own little agendas. And then we're eventually going to meet up at the jam or what have you, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and because I've traveled with you before, I also keep that in perspective because, um, I've traveled with other people. And it fucking sucks. It sucks all kinds of ass because it's like 30 people in a car. Nobody knows, like the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. Nobody knows where they're going. Everyone stands outside of the gym um, practicing the uh, the seventh element of hip hop, which is loitering, <laughs> where they all sit there and they fucking talk. I mean, it's just, it's just like in real life, right? Like they talk about their dreams rather than actually going to achieve them. Same thing. Oh, man, I'm so hungry, bro. I'm so hungry. What do you want to eat? I don't know, bro. Let's go get some pho. Well, what, but I don't want pho. I want McDonald's. Well, I don't want this. And I'm just like, this is great, dude, but they got to shut down the fucking venue. Mm-hmm. So let's let's make moves. Let's Let's all go... Let's let's go back to the hotel and rally, and then we'll go from there. You know, yeah, um, so, so I I hate traveling for competitions. Honestly, <laughs> I fucking hate it because I've grown to become. Maybe it's because I've been doing it for so long mm-hmm. to the point I'm kind of over it. Yeah, where I'm like, if I go somewhere, I just want to go with no schedule. Mm-hmm. Like the the wor- the funnest, but the worst trip I've ever had. And worse, meaning mental, mentally, was my Washington D.C. trip mm-hmm. because it was fun. Because Circle Theory, we we all gathered up together. We were all well, almost all of us. We were all there. Mm-hmm. You know, we were fucking repping, and mm-hmm. it was for Just a Boo USA. It came back, mm-hmm. all that shit. It was fun. It was my first time in D.C. What made it the worst was that I didn't have enough time to go check out all the Smithsonian museums. Right. And that's what I was way more intrigued about than Fuck fucking yeah. not even making it past the damn prelims in the house. Yeah. I was way more intrigued about that. Mm-hmm. I was like, I just want to chill here and not fucking dance. I don't right. want, I don't give a shit about dancing. Like, it was great. You know, like, mm-hmm. I think if maybe for someone that's five years in the dance, you know, that's still hung up on, like, all the dance celebrities, they probably would have, like, ate that shit up because mm-hmm. – what like throughout that time and and it's not a big deal to me yeah but it might have been a big deal to someone but dude the minute i get there right away frankie j hits me up yeah he's like yo where are you at i'm like yeah i'm just here chilling blah 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 he's like cool me and toyner are gonna pick you up we're gonna go get crawfish i'm like Mm -hmm. all right cool you know and then i met up with some dc legends and stuff you know Mm -hmm. it's 
like to maybe someone of five years of experience that again that's in the celebrity dance life they're all like starstruck that would have been like the world to them but to me right. i'm like i just want to fucking see some museums man like right. i want to know more about i want to go to the african museum african-american museum i want to see all that right fuck this shit <laughs> but whatever so i love i like traveling for dance um more so for the reunion only because I know how the whole system works, mm-hmm. more so for the reunion. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, fuck this shit. Yeah. So I think for Blueprint, excuse me, this year, I'm probably going to go out there like maybe three days before everything yeah. starts. I'm probably going to bring my golf clubs, mm-hmm. check out some Houston golf golf places, look at some properties for my brokerage to buy, mm-hmm. just do shit like that that I would honestly rather do. Right. And then indulge in the dance stuff. Yeah. Cause yeah, dude, fuck all that. <laughs> um, damn, there is something that I was going to mention too, that I was going to, is going to piggyback off of your, off of what you just talked about, but I can't, I can't quite remember about where to go with a bunch of people. Um, Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. yep. So, I learned a very important lesson from Johnny Craze. All right. And um, I didn't really, <laughs> he didn't even teach it to me. Mm-hmm. I just watched him. Right. And this is Johnny. At any event, you know, especially dance events, he doesn't say bye. Mm-hmm. He just goes. Yep. <laughs> so as soon as the event's done, he's out. Yep. And then everyone's like sitting there, you know, with their dicks hanging out. Where the fuck did Johnny go? Mm-hmm. Uh, he left. He went home. Yeah. So I, let me rewind that too. So I learned from Johnny and I learned from Joe. Yeah. Both in break cops. So Johnny has the art of leaving the art of being a chameleon and just dipping the fuck out. Yeah. Joe has the art of making his own exit. Yep. So Joe, I learned it personally because I was like, Hey, do you want to roll to this place? He's like, nah, Oh, we'll roll separately. I like to have my own exit. I'm yeah. like, I like that. Fuck, <laughs> you know, because you can leave yeah. it whenever you fuck you want, you know, and you're not a burden to anyone and vice versa. So if you are someone that hates like us, that uh, it's a strong word that doesn't it's not a fan of, uh, you know, hanging around with your dicks out at jams. Just make your own exit and just leave without saying anything. When you see him, you will see them. Yeah. Yeah. There's. I guess there's like there's the other part where if you again like you were saying based on experience right you're a new jack who's never gone or done any of this other kind of stuff then it's nice when you roll out with like kind of a, a clique or a crew of other newbies that are all sort of like you're on the same adventure right sort of like the the loading stage mm-hmm. um, I kind of think of it almost just like with like going back to the allegory of jujitsu is that sometimes, you know, you learn a lot from being in, like, the study group with, like, the other white belts in one corner where y'all are trying to figure out the, the the foundation of the moves versus you're sitting there with a purple belt or a brown belt who's kind of like, here you go. Like, you know, they, they give you their arm, and then you're supposed to be, like, fumbling, trying to figure out the technique and stuff. And some brown belts are, like, kind of just sitting there almost, like, tolerating 
everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and don't get me wrong. There are other experts and people who've been like training a lot where that's kind of part of why they're doing it too, is because they want you to, to work. They want you to learn same thing in the role too. They'll roll with you and they'll just let you do whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, yeah, you're, you're not a threat to me. So, yeah. you know, do whatever you got to do to work out. You know, mm-hmm. I'm basically in, in their case, they're spotting you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, you know, th- those are, those are always like, cool things uh to be able to do but i also understand and appreciate everybody's time right so if i'm gonna go like for instance like when we've gone to new york um there was no there, there was no there was no fucking around it was just like all right we got to get on this train we got to go over here this thing's going on at this time we're going to be there we're going to go over here we're going to do a workshop we're going to do here we're going to go over here and then we're we're golden because we were on Annie's and stepchild's time. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and you want to talk about like, you know, Jason Bourne, you know, like 5.0 on yeah, that shit. That's them. <laughs> it, they, they're basically like, okay, we got to go this way. And then Annie's going to break off, um, at this point because she wants to go get some stuff from whole foods. And I want to go and get my favorite pizza at this one spot. So, you know, we'll, we'll meet up in the middle kind of a thing. So, you know, you're, you're along for the ride at mm-hmm. that point. Um, there wasn't going to be like a, Hey, I'm just going to come out here and stand in the middle of times square and fucking marvel at all the bullshit that's going around. I was like, I don't give a fuck about any of that shit anyway. You know, for me, I was just like either about the dance or I was about, um, the experience or about, uh, kicking it with, um, my, uh, my crew. And that was it. And I, I had a, a, a better time when um, Step and I went to Rock Dance Summit. Because at that point, number one, I mean, I've already made myself vocal about this. So I don't have to go into like great detail. But I've already like kind of, you know, washed my hands of the quote-unquote, you know, the hip-hop side of, of everything out in New York. The only things that I really care about out there would either be rocking or house. Mm. after that point i'm just like okay whatever you know it's just like congratulations we got to see where fucking dookie mike got stabbed in the neck back in 1981 or whatever it's like awesome this is part of hip-hop history whatever um but you know i'm like yo i want to go to funk box Mm. or we're chilling in bushwick you know and someone's like hey man there's this really fucking good um puerto rican place like right up the the way from here um make sure that you roll with one of the locals so that way motherfuckers don't see your nose wide open and step to you and stuff so i'm gonna run run out there with you and stuff and you're like all right bet let's go and we just go and do our thing mm-hmm. and then of course if there was an event or a jam or what have you then it's like all right we're gonna go see or do that later and that's that's cool but ultimately you kind of just get to you, you keep your counsel a little bit like closer a little bit like tighter you know so you're able to you know be with the people that you you know and trust and respect and they got your back and you got theirs um, versus, again, going to a place that you have, like, you're completely out of your element. You don't know anybody. And the only thing that you have to look forward to is the event. I mean, you know, that might let you down, you know, if you're, you know, kind of hoping that you're going to be able to, like, politic with everybody. And I also have to respect the fact that if I'm going out to some other territory, it's going to be the same shit as, like, with Minnesota Joe and Johnny, right? I can't expect that this person who is born and raised in New York is going to fucking stop and give me a tour of the city. Right. It's like, they're going to be like, Oh, what are you going to do? And you're like, Oh, we're thinking about going out to Coney Island and checking out the wonder wheel, you know, warriors hotspot and shit. He's like, all right, cool. Have fun with that. And it's just like, Oh, where do you live? Oh, I actually live 
in upstate New York. I, I live like damn nearby, you know, Buffalo. <laughs> so, you know, so I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you guys later. And you're like, mm-hmm. all right, cool. But other people are like, oh, it kind of sucked that, you know, that person didn't stay and want to chit chat or whatever. It's just like, yo, they have a life to live. They have a life to live. They might have three kids yeah. waiting at home. Like, yeah. okay, you know, dad, you're going to come home after you're done with your fucking breakdancing thing. And then you're going to take us out and yeah, you feed know, us, feed us, <laughs> yeah. you know, and all that kind of shit. So <laughs> yeah. we, we got to respect that. And that, that, that's a big problem that I've always noticed in hip hop is um, this idea that because you're participating, that we're all in the same starting blocks. Like, Oh, you live the break life too. And it's like, no, this person is actually 45 years old and they've got a mortgage and they are a architect and they, you know, they got all this other shit. So the jam is just kind of like the, like the, the, the icing on the cake for them. They're like, they're going to come out here and they're going to like, you know, make an appearance, maybe get in the cypher a little bit, do their thing. And then they're going to, they're going to leave. But other people are like, wait, well, we want to stay for like, you know, the, the the previews, the show, the end credits, watch the cutscene at the very tail end of the Marvel movie, and then everyone's going to go into the lobby, talk about the movie and what they just saw, and then go to another place and sit down and eat and talk about everything that they experienced too. And it's like, yeah, that's that's cool at your level. But there's other folks who were like, yeah, I got to help clean up the venue after this. While you guys mm-hmm. got to run around and have a good old time, mm-hmm. we had to be doing all the work behind the scenes to keep this shit going. I've been there one too many times. Yep. There is this one point. It was the first time I ever almost fell asleep on the wheel. On the wheel. Yeah. And um, Man of God, you know, uh-huh. Jarius King, yeah. was in the vehicle with me. There's two times where I almost fell asleep behind the wheel. And they were both dance-related, too. Yeah. So the first time, it was right after Fong would style four, mm-hmm. and I was driving everybody around, every fucking dance B-boy, B-girl celebrity around. You know, mm-hmm. I was helping Johnny Craze out. And, I'm, and also, I was the one with the minivan. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I'm going to help him out, blah, blah, blah. And I remember the the meeting point or the place where everyone, a lot of people were staying the night at was at Joe's, Minnesota Joe's place. Mm-hmm. And if if you don't know, like he used to live in, it was like a semi-mansion kind of in Art, in the city called Arden Hills. It was really big. And so I housed a lot of dancers and had a lot of parties. Um, but I remember Perkins, right, was just down the road from his house. And I, Jarius and I were like, I, I got there and I was fine, you know, and, as soon as I got inside my van, I was like, I have never felt so tired in my life. Yeah. To the point where I I was barely, like, coherent. Yeah. Driving to Joe's. And Jarius was like, are you all right? I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm so fucking tired. Yeah. And I just remember, like, it's as if I was on edibles because I was just floating. Yeah. My way to the, um, my way to, like the first living room they have in there in that fucking house and i just knocked out on the hardest couch ever but it didn't but it felt like a soft mattress at the time because i've never been so tired in my life and when i woke up i I felt refreshed and Mm -hmm. everything but my god that was scary because yeah even jars was like trying to talk to me the whole time and i'm like like you know and nobody can obviously see us right now with this podcast but me me talking to you give me an example it's just how we, when we always make fun of stepchild when he's like what, what, what? that's that was literally that was literally me like 
fucking out of my damn mind. I, I had to fuck around. Like it's funny that you you mentioned that. Uh, sorry to interject here, um, but I, I did that to somebody one time. They were like, "Yo, why does Stepchild always look so sleepy?" No, like I looked at him and I was just like, and I mouthed, I was like, "Heroin." <laughs> and and then he looks back over at Steps and he sees Steps start to nod off. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, "What?" And I'm like, "I'm just fucking with you, dude." I'm like, "He goes to jujitsu like four times a week, and he works a government job, and he's been driving everybody around, and he's hosting like like seven or eight dancers at his house, so he's not getting hardly any fucking sleep, you know." And then the guy was like, "Oh shit, that that scared me for a second. And I was just like, "Yeah." <laughs> I was like, that would actually be more of a rational excuse, right? It's yeah, just like, yeah. oh yeah, you know, he's he's, he's taking yep. the uh, he's the H train, <laughs> you know. But no, it's just like that that whole thing. I mean, and especially when you if you don't fly someplace and get a rental, um, you're most likely you know you're driving you know several states over, and if you're the oldest person, it always seems to be like whoever's the oldest person always draws the short straw and has to drive. Like the entire way, nobody mm-hmm. else wants to kick in. Nobody else wants to do a shift. Mm-hmm. Not everybody has a license, so that's a lesson for you, young uh, b boys and b girls and or dancers. Or everyone does have a license, and it's still the oldest. Yeah, person. And, they, and they still want to fucking you know. All right, who wants to drive? And all of a sudden, everyone's like asleep. And I'm like, okay, I'm drawing dicks on every single one of your faces. Okay, every single one yeah. of you motherfuckers. If you're not going to kick in for gas, if you're not going to help drive, if you're not going to help pay for the hotel, you're getting a dick on your face. And yeah, I remember uh, we went to this event in Chicago called Smooth Ones, and it was thrown by a crew who was at the time called So Swift. Mm-hmm. It was me, Foot, uh, Bradley, aka Popsicle, uh, Marin. Who else was there? Um, Peace, Jeremy. Uh, and step and we all have our licenses yeah but still step insisted in driving yeah being the one that drove the whole way and granted it's just chicago is a five-hour drive right but you know that's tiring mm-hmm. so i would ask step like hey i could drive man he's like no no, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay that's it man all right somebody give step some adderall <laughs> some modafinil just go ahead and uh yeah. Fucking put that shit in his uh, Oreo cookies or whatever and just perk that fucker up because, you know, he needs a break. Yeah, yeah. But um, but anyways, yeah, I've never been so tired in my life driving. Uh, The second time, (laughs) it was me and Kid Rello, Mm -hmm. and he actually ended up driving for me afterwards because we were about to go off the road into a cliff. (laughs) Uh, We were... We were, it was uh, New Year's. We used to do New Year's shows. Uh, we were at the time we were called Warriors, and we used to do New Year's shows at the Solera in downtown Minneapolis. And it was, I want to say, it was the last New Year's show we did, where we ended up going. Holy shit, man! So the theme was Spartans, like mm-hmm. you know, Greek, yeah. Greek mythology. So. All the fucking warriors actually ended up, like, dressing up as, like, Spartans. Not, like, full out, like, you know, but, like, the red robe, whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it's crazy New Year's. Um, At the after party there, some chick didn't know that her boob was hanging out. And uh, Joe came up and took a picture with her. <laughs> and Ty uh, told him, like, kind of gave him, like, the older brother, like, finger, like, tell her that her boob's hanging out. 
He's yeah. like, all right, all right. So he told her, and he got a fucking kiss on the cheek from her anyways. But yeah. still, he still had the photo of her titty <laughs> hanging out. Um, we ended up going to this after-after party. And it was in a warehouse. Mm-hmm. And it was the wildest shit ever. Like, I, it was my first time ever experiment, experiencing something like this. But there's a DJ playing, like, good funk music, you know, playing a lot of Prince tracks, too. Mm-hmm. But in every corner, there is, like, some sexual shit going on. Yeah. Like you walk in. It was, like, 20 bucks to get in. You walk in. You know, there's the owners of the studio. I won't mention any names. But there's the owners of the studio that we performed for. They were there. They're fucking making out. And then, like, in each corner, there's, like, someone having sex. And mm-hmm. Like, it was, like, the wildest fucking shit I've ever been to. And it's a New Year's after-after party. I do have a quick question about that. Were you guys still dressed in Greek attire? Nope. Okay. Okay. I was going to so, say, because then you were just stumbling right into some eyes wide shut Illuminati fuck right. club. That's <laughs> honestly what it felt like. Um, but, you know, we, we were getting down to, yeah. um, you know, I, each member was on their own type of shit and like you know, making out with some other ch- random chick. Um, but yeah, I remember leaving that party and I had to drive Kidrello all the way back to Chaska. Mm-hmm. And I remember just being so fucking tired. Yeah. But the thing is, it didn't, it wasn't like, it wasn't the type of tired that I got when I drove for Fong with style. Mm-hmm. It was out of nowhere. I was just falling asleep behind the wheel. Right. Like a hit out of nowhere. Like it mm-hmm. wasn't like creeping up. Yeah. And I just remember hearing Kid Rello saying, whoa, 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 whoa. And I was like, holy shit, bro. I'm so tired. He's like, yeah. pull over, man. Let me drive. Uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah, that was that was the last time that's ever happened to me. That, yeah. was, that's, that was like in 2008, 2008, 2009. Yeah. Or it was turning 2008. But man, fucking never again. I will ever do shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> or I'll ever put myself in a situation to do something like that. So, yeah, that's the uh the thing when you're younger too, you you know, you don't really look at things as risks. You know, because you're uh, you just want to like go out and just, you yeah. know, do shit, right? I mean, you're, I was nine, bored. I was 19 at the time. Right. So it's like you're you're willing to, you know, compromise. You don't really think about it and go like, you know, oh yeah, I'm going to lose like 6 hours of sleep in this endeavor. So, oh yeah, that's worth it. Um, but then like, as we start to get older, especially when you have more responsibilities, you kind of pick up on those little things and you say, oh yeah, that's probably not the wisest of decisions or, okay, this is cool. Um, I'll meet you guys back at the hotel. And especially that, that's another reason why I don't like rolling like super deep. Like I don't mind it if it's like people that I know and trust, but if you're going to roll up with like a bunch of people from the scene and you don't even have a guarantee that you're going to have like a spot in the hotel. It's just like, no, I, I either need to get my own room or I'll bunk with somebody that, um, that I know that, you know, that I trust and shit. I don't want to have to sit here and like walk in, be dead on my feet and then like look around and go, there's like 47 people in this hotel room. How the fuck am I even going to be able to go to bed? You know, and, yeah. or everyone's like staying up until five o'clock in the morning, practicing hand hops and shit. <laughs> and you're just like, bitch, <laughs> Go to sleep. Yeah. Here's yeah. the here's the issue with traveling in big groups, right? And here's here's my method that that comes into play when I and when the time comes where I have to travel with big groups. Yeah. So the issue with traveling in big groups is that everyone wants to do something. Yeah. And a lot of the times it's not the same thing. Nope. <laughs> and the big even bigger issue 
is that it could just be five, a, a group of five, and each person wants to do something different. Yeah. So my mythology, when I come down to it, you know, is if I know, and because at the end of the day, it's your fault, right? You put yourself in the situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you decided to travel with a big fucking group. It's your fault. So me taking responsibility on my behalf, when I know I'm going to travel with a big group, let's say circle theory, right? I am going to be, my mental state now is going to say, is is going to be, okay, I'm down for whatever. I don't give a fuck what we do. Right. I have no agenda. I have, you know, the, like you call me Jason Bourne. That's all out of the fucking window. I'm Michael Scott right. from the office. Right. I don't give a fuck. Let's just do something. I don't care. Yeah. You guys want to go here? Cool. Oh, no. You want to go there? Cool. That's how I do it now when I, when I travel in big groups. But how often do I travel in big groups? Very seldom. Yeah. Like, we literally have to be crew. Mm-hmm. But just know that I'm not going to be the leader of that shit. Yeah. You know, like, you guys can fuss it out and do your ADD, ADHD shit. I'm yeah. going to be chilling here, going with the flow. Yep. And understanding the, the difference in um, the times where... There is a time where you're supposed to be at the wheel. You're supposed to be kind of like rolling and controlling the whole thing. And there's other times where, yeah, you just kind of like let go and let God. Mm-hmm. So you're going to say, yeah, in this particular situation, just like we were talking about, like going out to the club and like people watching. Yeah. You kind of do the same thing, right? right like right. you go out and you say, actually, what I'm going to get out of this is this is going to be the first time that, you know, we're going to be going to a jam with Bradley. Right, mm-hmm. so you kind of want to just sit back and just like see what the fuck he's gonna say, yeah. and just and just laugh and bust balls and yeah, everything. Yeah. And then there's gonna be those other times where you say, okay, um, I'm rolling out here with somebody that I know that maybe that their people are from here originally, like they got roots here. So we're gonna go over to you know so and so's grandma's house, and she's gonna be making us food. And you're like, all right, bet. You know, this is something where you kind of surrender the the driver's wheel, you know, to have a different experience. Right. And, and yeah, and then there's the other days where you go out there and you're just like, I'm not going to fucking, I, I don't want to have to deal with anybody's shit. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to deal with, uh, the two people in the back. that are going to be arguing on the drive there and mm-hmm. on the drive back, or we can't find so-and-so and we can't get back to Minnesota until we find them because we're their ride mm-hmm. and shit. You know, there, there, there's too much stuff at stake and right. you know, you don't want to have that level of responsibility. So it just makes more sense just to be able to say, okay, you going to the jam. All right, cool. I'm going to fly out there. You know, you like, okay, well, we were all going to get in a van. It's like, well, that, that's fun. You, you guys have, have fun with that. You know, I got to work. So I'm only going to be able to go for the day of the jam and hang out and do all that kind of stuff. But I'm going to fly back on Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys are going to be driving back, but I need to get back so that way I'm like ready to go right. on Monday morning. And uh, some people might think that that's kind of like a, a dick thing to do. Um, and it's only a dick thing to do if you... If, if you're th- a dick about it. Yeah, if you, if you throw it at people, like <laughs> yeah. you, you you basically, you say it with like almost like a bit of like contempt and yeah. blame yeah. towards those people, like right then and there. Yeah. Um, but if you're just honest with people and you say... Yeah, I, I can't because I, I got to work on Monday. And plus, you know, I, I don't want to kind of be at the mercy of, you know, one SUV with like nine people in it, mm-hmm. you know, and everyone's going to want to go to different places and all that kind of shit. I, I want to be able to like, I know a place I'm going to go eat right after the jam. I got my hotel all set up. I'm I'm going to go work out. I'm going to go sauna or do whatever, you know, and I don't want to be fucking standing there, 
in a circle having to wait until some OG is done telling their war stories before we can actually go and get, you know, pho or something. Right. You know? And then, yeah, then there's, like, other times where you, again, like you you were saying before, you just kind of, kind of, like, re- resign all of that control. And you go, all right, I'm not going to get any sleep. And we're going to be hanging out here until God knows when. We're mm-hmm. probably going to go to wherever we're going to go. And that's just how it's going to be. Yeah. But, you know, make sure that it's the people that, again, that you trust, that you trust and yeah. that you know. Frankly, you know, like, honestly, I actually really like not being at the wheel. Yeah. Like, especially if it's a group. Like, uh, I'd rather have someone just take control. Yeah. Because I don't want to think. I'd rather just go with emotions anyways. Yep. Um, unless we're here in Minnesota, I'd rather do my own thing. Right. Because I'm home. Right. You know, like, why shouldn't I have control here in my own damn state? Yeah. But if we're out of state, yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like for example, we got this Arizona trip coming up um, today. I actually, well, I know one of them already, mm-hmm. but I met one of the other guys that's going to be joining us. It's okay. going to be me, Showtime, Steve. You know, we had him here in the podcast. Um, Anthony, mm-hmm. this guy named Anthony, and this guy named um, uh, Shilon, mm-hmm. and uh, I've never met Shilon before, so cool dude fucking runs this um well-known liquor store in in the city that's just a block away from my city so you know like but i'm not in the forefront of this trip steve is so i and steve calls me all the time he's like hey you know we're gonna do this we're gonna do that that." i'm like cool whatever i don't care (laughs) i just want to golf man i don't care i don't give a shit what we do you want to go out let's go out you want to golf Yes, please. <laughs> you know, like, and he's there for golf too because he's there to practice. He's right. he's gearing up to get himself in a position to join the PGA Tour. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I'd I'd like very much so like to be a part of that process right. with you, and you know, watching you go through your through the trenches mm-hmm. and stuff. So, you know, um, but that's the kind of trip I do like when I'm not in control and we're in a different state. I'm just like going with the flow. And in, in Steve's case, I imagine that it's kind of like. Uh, it's like a jet ski or not a jet ski. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, like water skiing, right? Like you just basically, you just like, you know, go ahead and make sure that you're like latched to them mm-hmm. and just let them go. And then you just like sit back and just kind of go along for the ride, get like drug across wherever the fuck you're going to go. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty so, much. I mean, you know, like it's, it's going to be a unique trip because his uh, parents are going to be there. Yeah. So his dad and his, and his, um, and his uh, stepmom mm-hmm. are going to be there, you know, and, like he'll he told made it loud and clear to three of us guys that hey there's going to be days where i golf with them and where i spend time with them if they're mm-hmm. going on a hike and you guys can do your own thing i'm like cool whatever yeah so then i won't take that role either i'll yeah. hand it off to like anthony or sheila and I'll be like all right guys right whatever you guys want to do i'm down i don't give a right. shit i'm just here to here to hang around with my dick out now you've been to arizona a few uh, times before once i've okay. been to phoenix uh it was for a jam um, it was for Furious Styles, and I answered uh, the house battle. Okay, it was shitty. Yeah, not the battle. The event was pretty cool. It was fun, uh-huh. but the travel was shitty because okay. um, I flew out there a day before, and mm-hmm. this is when I was on my travel spree. Like I was just like going every weekend. I was in a different state. You yeah, know? and um, I don't know what the hell I was thinking, but I flew out there thinking in my head, you know, oh, you know what? I'll fly out here a day before everyone gets here. I'll just spend the night at the airport. I don't want to spend money on a hotel. I don't really know Phoenix like that. I don't feel like doing the research. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to chill. And, I, you know, and I knew people that were there in Phoenix, but I didn't 
I wasn't really like in tune with them yet. Yeah. Right. So the point where I'd be like, Hey, can I crash with you? Now I am, but you know, I've never, I've spent, you know, nights at airports before because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, my, my dad has flight benefits and you know, when you, if you have flight benefits, you understand the concept of getting bumped. Right. You know, and when you get bumped, you can either get a hotel, spend money, or you can just spend the night at the airport. You know, it is what it is. It's up to you. So I spent the night at the airport. I didn't get bumped, but I flew there the night before, waiting for a little foot and all these other people to arrive. They arrived the next day. I didn't get any sleep whatsoever because mm-hmm. Phoenix Airport is the most uncomfortable airport ever. Like yeah. Minneapolis is really good because they actually have a place where you can lay down. Every airport that I've been to has been pretty good in terms mm-hmm. of like, you know, crashing there. But fucking Phoenix is horrible. So whatever. Um, the next day comes up. I'm like on 30 minutes of sleep probably. Yeah. I'm getting ready to to battle. I'm trying to like, you know, also semi sightsee in a sense with our Uber driving right. through Phoenix and I'm seeing all this shit. I'm like, oh, okay, it looks like a shitty version of Vegas. <laughs> and like, you know, we get to the jam. I'm still halfway asleep. I see a few people and I'm, you know, they're looking at me. They're like, you're like a zombie. I'm like, yeah, yeah I don't know. <laughs> Foot gives me a pre-workout and that like shot me way the fuck up. So after the jam, uh, we ended up linking up with one of our former crewmates. Um, maybe he's still in. I don't know. I don't know how Foot's running everything over there on that side of the, <laughs> the U.S. But uh, his parents are loaded. You know, they mm-hmm. own a gas station, a very well-known gas station in Vegas. So his mom, you know, rents this fucking mansion in in uh, Phoenix. It might have been Scottsdale. But he they rent a mansion, and it's, like, huge. Every one of us had our own room, mm-hmm. bathroom, and everything. It was fucking nuts. Um, but I didn't really get to enjoy it because literally we stay there for one night. I'm tired out of my mind. I like literally knock out in my own room. Yeah. And I wake up four hours later, head back to the airport just to get bumped off of that flight and spend another night at that airport. (laughs) So for those of you that know me and that think that I, I got it really good because I have flight benefits or, you know, I don't know, for one, let's first of all, let's get this out there. I don't fly for free, mm-hmm. all right? I have to pay the taxes, which is still good. But in certain situations, like what the one I just mentioned that I just talked about right now, that I just shared, it's better to just buy your fucking flight. Right. You know, than be a cheap ass. Better to just buy your fucking flight be a, than, rather than be a cheap ass, you know, because at the end of the day, you end up biting it, paying for it mentally yeah. and in a sense physically. Um. So one, I don't fly for free, pay the taxes. And again, you have all that baggage to worry about. Am I Mm going to make it on this flight or do I have to spend a night at this airport? Do I, or do I want to spend fucking $300 on a, on a hotel room because I'm booking it so late, Mm -hmm. you know, like all this bullshit. So guess what people, I don't really have it that great. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking. Um, my parent also my parents fly for free. I don't. You know, they're the ones with the full time benefits or full retired forever till the day you die benefits. Mm-hmm. You know, that's whatever. Anyways, for those of you that don't understand how flying standby works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it kind of reminded me a little bit of um um uh, my trip when I went out to the last time that I went out to Arizona, I was out there for my um uh, my dad was getting remarried and um, 
I was kind of just trying to figure out like if there was going to be like anything you know cracking um, that night or whatever. My biggest regret was that I should have rented a car. Um, my sister and her fiance rented a car, but um, there was like uh, the only problem was like we all went to like everything else together except for when I wanted to go clubbing. And you'd put the word out, um, and uh, you got me in contact with uh, your homegirl uh, Rose, mm-hmm. and um, we were spo- we we're supposed to like meet out at this. I forgot the name of the place, but it's I guess it's kind of like a I guess it's like a house um, hotspot because it's Monarch. like Monarch. Is it Monarch where it's like a rooftop uh, thing? Yeah, I think that they it do. Was rooftop. Yeah. yeah. So um, I was supposed to like go out there and meet up and, and all that kind of good stuff, and then it was a no show, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh okay, so I just basically stood there and you know danced and chilled and shit and then finally i got to a point where i was kind of like all right um wonder what else is going on then i found out there was another house thing that was going on at a bar that was like on the other side of uh, or not the other side but it was like a few blocks away in downtown and up to this point um my um uh, my future brother-in-law he he dropped me off in downtown and where we were staying though was in scottsdale west which is it's kind of like the equivalent of like being in like the outer burbs. It's like a roughly about a half hour away from like Phoenix proper. So I ended up going out to this other place and uh, getting down over there. And of course, uh, lo and behold, my dumbass, I I had this uh, outdated uh, shitty Windows phone. And this is back when there was a problem with the Windows phone where it wouldn't. Um, it plateaued on its updates, which meant that I couldn't download any new apps. So I was kind of fucksville from that point on because uh, um, my uh, my brother, uh, my, my future brother-in-law, he was already like dead ass asleep. And I had no other way of getting out of Phoenix because I couldn't download like an Uber or a Lyft app. So I ended up having to like call an actual cab, like mm. a cab service. Mm-hmm. And then the cab driver comes out there and picks me up, and then it was like a $60 fare to get mm. me back out to Scottsdale West. Oh, shit. And I was like, fuck, dude. This, yeah. this just sucked all kinds of ass. Mm-hmm. So, again, you know, lesson was learned about um, not really being at the uh, not really being at the mercy of anybody else in those types of situations. Like, I, you know, the move for me would have been like, oh, yeah, I should have just, you know, rented a car. Even if I would have rented a car for the day, just for that particular endeavor, then I would have been able to, like, Go to, go out to the club, kick it. If I happen to run into everybody, cool. Because I was really hoping uh, to meet Rose. Because I think, um, I think uh, there was supposed to be uh, word around the campfire was that uh, we Wom we Wom was supposed to be out there too. And I really wanted to meet him because I've always like admired his music and mm. his uh, production and DJing and everything. Yeah. And then then it was just like poof. Like everyone was just like n- no. Like th- th- everyone was like responding to texts, and then all of a sudden there was like nothing. And I was like fuck. I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm just going to have to get into my own adventure. Then mm-hmm. I was just like, all right, cool. So I'm dancing up on this hot-ass rooftop, and it's still, like, fucking 110 degrees <laughs> oh, outside. Shit. yeah. Because, um, like, they got was married. It, okay, was it way worse than uh, the Vegas heat that we experienced? It was about similar. Oh, gosh. Because it was October, <laughs> so it's still, like, in the daytime, it was still, like, teetering on, like, um, like 90 or 100 uh, degrees um, so, uh, but like, it was, it was still like 90 or a hundred degrees outside in the day. And then at night 
um, this is the thing about like the Southwest is that sun basically the, the reason why people always wonder why like why everything's got that real like um, kind of adobe look you know like the, the kind of like the white spackle on buildings and all that kind of shit mm. is so that way it can trap all this heat mm. because at night when the temperature drops down um, you know it can get cold it can get really fucking cold right so everything's just radiating up like the pavement everything so when you out when you're out there in in either Vegas or Phoenix um, in places like that, you could be walking and you can you can feel the heat almost as if it's like heat grades yeah. that are like this is just this this like radiation of like the sun's energy yeah. and you're going fuck dude I'm I'm sweating balls and we yeah. just got out of the cab and we're just walking down to the bar and it's like two blocks away and I'm like fucking hell dude and this is killing me so yeah so I was like I I really underestimated the uh, the heat out there. And prior to that, I'd been out to Phoenix um, a number of times before, and um, I was still young enough to where I didn't fully get, like, the kind of the, the weather system, the way that that all worked. So um, there were some times that I'd been out there, like, in the dead of a Minnesota winter, and it was comfortable out there. It was, like, you know, 70, mm-hmm. and it was like, oh, wow, this is nice. You know, this is really cool. And then I've also gone out there in, you know, the asshole end of August or something, and it's fucking 300 degrees and you got every demon in hell is like (laughs) sitting there next to you waiting for the fucking bus or something like that and you're like this is unbelievable how the fuck do people do this (laughs) you know but it it, and it's it's the polar opposite no pun intended of minnesota where motherfuckers will go out and they will start their cars and let the ac go the way that we start our cars and let our cars warm up Mm -hmm. they do it to let their cars cool down right and they're like oh yeah we don't we don't just like run and gun because we've all got like leather interior mm-hmm. in our cars. Mm-hmm. We got to let that shit, you know, cool off. Otherwise, your skin is going to graft to the seat. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, you're going to become the ex- Escalade. Yeah. You know, you're going to merge yeah. with this vehicle and that is it. You're stuck here in Arizona because unless you got a spatula, you are not getting off that fucking seat. I, fucking Vegas. I've, you know, I've been to Vegas countless times. Yeah. And I have never experienced heat to that extent from the last time we were there. And, I mean, you were there with me. I, yeah. I was in the, the most pissed off mood every time we sat in the car. Because I'm like, what the fuck? This is unhuman. Like, why why put up with this bullshit and stuff? Why even go out? Right. And it didn't even, oh, my gosh. Anyways, um, it's funny how you, well, it's not really funny. It made sense to how you mentioned Weewum. But for those of you that don't know, we, if you don't know him by that name, you probably know him as Tomahawk Bang. Tomahawk Bang. But... Yeah. And for those of you that don't know him, period, but I've seen him, he he comes off as very, very intimidating, very stoic face, mm-hmm. you know, like the whole fucking nine, right? And I've, well, for one, I've known who he is for damn near 20 years mm-hmm. because, you know, he was one of the um, guys that was leading the front when I was, when I started dancing. Uh, so he's been up for that long. And, you know, I've seen him almost every single year at blueprint yeah but the weird thing is i've never had a conversation with him or i've never none of that none of never hung out with him never mm-hmm. none you know we know a lot of the same people yeah and it only made sense for us to to hang out and you know be friends mm-hmm. but none of that happened until we were in paris mm-hmm. and it's all by chance too because what was it um i just remember standing in 
line for Just Debu, mm-hmm. the prelims, the yeah. day before they fucking canceled everything because of the pandemic. And Carrie, the house dancer from from Russia, um, she walks out. And I, I already know Carrie. You yeah. Know, and, and she's like, hey. I was like, hey, well, how's it in there? She's like, it's not going good. Come with me. I'm like, what? Yeah, you know, I didn't really know her that well. Right. You know? And I think it's safe to, for me to say, but a lot of guys have a dance crush on Carrie. Okay. So, you know, I was just like, holy shit, dude. <laughs> like, I know her to the p- point where, like, you know, we can, like, joke around, but I didn't know her to the point where I'm like, all right, yeah, let's just kick it. Yeah. So she's like, no, come with me. Let's go. I'm like, where? She's like, we're, I'm going to meet, we're going to go meet up with some people. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know who the fuck we're meeting up with. Right. You know, but thankfully there's people that I knew. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm in Paris. I don't know. I'm technically semi here by myself. Yeah. Um, you know, Was was like knocked out. David, I don't know where the hell he is, but you know, I'm here by myself, whatever. Yeah. And I'm going to hang out with like a very prominent dancer of, you know, from Russia. So, so I'm just like, all right, fuck it, you know. So I get uh, we we get into an Uber, and um, right away we're like going to this coffee shop, and in the coffee shop, um, I see uh, Lasar, who's from from Italy, and I know Lasar, and yeah. I was like, oh shit, Lasar, and then I see Weewum, I'm like, oh okay, cool, and <laughs> it was weird because it's like. We already know who each other. We already know of each other, but we met right there. He's like, "You're Ozzy, right?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, man." You know, and, and I was like, "Yeah, you're Wee Wom. I'm a big fan of your stuff." He's like, "Oh, thanks." And then we started building a friendship from there. Yeah, <laughs> within like those, however, so many hours, uh-huh. and um, and then we ended up meeting with with Cole Flow and Amy and Tsunami, and of course, I know them. Mm-hmm. But but it was uh, it was kind of funny and. The friendship, it's like it, it built so fast uh-huh. because, again, this is kind of leading back to the beginning of the story, is that when you look at Weewum, he comes off his very intimidating and stoic face, but mm-hmm. he is the funniest fucking guy <laughs> ever. Like, he's like Ty. I was just about he's, to say. He's like fucking Ty. He's he is the Ty hol- of the Southwest. He is hilarious. <laughs> You know, like we was, we were both cracking up over some of the dumbest shit, and it was all in. Uh, there was a point where we were talking. It was me, Koflo, and we were we were laughing about some stupid shit. And yeah. Carrie was like, "What are you guys talking about?" And we we all the three of us looked at him and we're like, "Yeah, you wouldn't get it. It's, it's a stupid American joke." <laughs> you know, and it was like on some fucking slapstick comedy stepbrother right. shit. Yeah, and um, again, going back to the friendship, it escalated so quick to the point where he's like, "Hey, man, give me your number," and I was like, "All right, cool." We sh- we shared our YouTube our YouTube um, an Uber going back because uh, we both left the same day yeah. to come back to the states, and he was like, "Yeah," and we were just it was weird. It's like okay, uh-huh. for one, it's like we went from not really knowing to each other mm-hmm. to sharing an Uber together, and just like you know, as if we've been friends for a very long fucking time, right? And it was just it was the funniest thing, you know. And um, yeah. Anyways. Look up Weewum or look up Tomahawk Bang. Look up his music. It's fucking amazing. He is still, in my personal opinion, one of the best house dancers or best dancers in general ever. Yeah. I mean, the dude came from breaking mm-hmm. and he came to the house. He still has got head spins for days. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, Sour Patch, right? Sour Patch. Yeah. Sour Patch Kids or, yeah, Sour Patch. Yeah. Um, I can't remember if he was in melodrama. I don't think he was. But for sure, Sour Patch. Yeah, because what, what what were the refresh my memory? What were the the big three out on like the the West Coast slash Southwest? It was uh, Sour Patch, um, 
and uh, so there was there was actually more than three. I mean, I mean, but there there were like there were like three that that really were like those like the crews where there were more like collectives where they just had so many fucking people. Mm. But it, so there were. Um, I mean, it's. I'll just name everyone that I grew up with in two. So yeah, there's Sour Patch. Uh-huh. There was, um, and there's a point. There's melodrama. Circle there's, of Fire. Oh yeah, Circle of Fire. Uh, there is Circus Runaways, The Freak Show, uh, Lost Tribe. Um, there is uh, what's it called again? There is another one. Uh, I don't know. It's all slipping my head. But was, was People of the Sun? No, they weren't on that circus stuff, or they weren't on the abstract stuff. People okay. of the Sun's from Vegas. Yeah, I actually got offered to be a part of that crew. And I'm yeah. like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> You're like, I'll just stay Muffin Top King. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Muffin Tops is where it's at, my yeah. friends. Um, but yeah, that's as far as I know. And then there's all these other crews that came out afterwards that were still kind of exercising the abstract style of breaking like jive core legion from the bay area mm-hmm. um but yeah for sure circus runaways the freak show were like the two rivals for the very long time mm-hmm. for the longest time and it's like sour patch was like the judge like the the godfather yeah <laughs> of all that shit right because they had like paranoid android we won l10 um pa was in sour patch he that's it he created sour patch holy fuck man <laughs> That's so weird. Like I, I've only ever thought of him as Knuckleheads, so that that's no, that that's no. so trippy. Well, Knuckleheads is another one to think about too. Yeah, but no, PA is the one. He's the one that created. He invented Sour Patch. Okay, and then he brought every, all these other high level dancers in. Um, there's there's another dancer I'm trying to think about. I can't remember his name starts with an M, but he was mm-hmm. freaky as fuck. You know, they all wore like eyeliner and makeup and shit. Yeah. Back then. Um, but I can't remember. Originally, originality stands alone. You know, I, I'd say they had, especially um, Rob Zilla. They mm-hmm. had a lot to do with, you know, the the abstract uh, approach to breaking. Okay. Battle monkeys, kind of with Rockadile. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those were some crazy. T- oh, headhunters with Head Roland. Mm-hmm. Those were some crazy times. You know, when I think about it, cat. Well, for sh- not really. Man. California and Texas were mm-hmm. like the ones to innovate so much shit. Yeah. To, in breaking, like, and it's weird how the, the evolution of breaking is just so interesting mm-hmm. because you know it went from like doing crazy hard shit to barely making it, barely executing the move to doing so simple, easy, clean shit mm-hmm. that sometimes is just so gosh damn boring. Right. Like brand new old school was cool when it was KML and then everyone fucking did it and got boring as fuck. Like, okay, I'm going to do basic top rock, six step, and we'll go into a freeze and mm-hmm. boom, I burned you. Right. All right. That's great. <laughs> and you know, look, if, if that's something people like, sure. Cool. But I don't know. I just didn't grow up with that shit. I mean, you know, th- that was always like the, that that's always the thing though. Right. With, with, um, dance and, the way that like styles will come and go. I mean, I, I kind of equate it to the same shit that we were seeing with like the evolution of skateboarding, right? There was like a point where depending on where you jumped in, that was your, your kind of your ground zero, right? So if you saw Tony Hawk when you were growing up, then you were all about that and, and that's it. And then people forget about like everybody that was like ripping pools 
prior, like the whole generation, almost a generation uh, before that, that they didn't have progressive flip tricks. They only had like front side airs and backside airs, but everything else was just about how you carved and how you had style and presence mm-hmm. and the way that you rode in a pool. And then, of course, everyone is like on the progressive shit. And then that progressive shit starts to change to where now it became big tricks, you know, mm-hmm. getting like a McTwist or something. And then finally it started to dial back down to where people were going like, yo, what's up with this street skating? And then everyone's seeing that whole culture take off. And then you, you start to have like all this different varieties. So I think that like, you know, it just, it's, it's just a common part of like the evolution of dance, right? Where, yeah. you know, back in the day there, it, before anything was even anything, it was just the go off. Mm-hmm. You know, motherfuckers would they they would they would have some tops, and they would hit the floor, and they would just fucking go berserk. And then first person to do a clean six step into a swipe, and then uh, stop into a baby freeze or a chair, and then that was like holy shit, this is this is crazy. And then you started getting motherfuckers who were like, yo, I can't chair or baby but i can head spin for days and then that became the agenda and it, yeah it, dances have like fads and styles and phases it, it all becomes back full circle right. right and look i'm not gonna really front too much because i've had the privilege of um tasting every every fad every mm-hmm. every um right every you know every area of it because yeah, I came from the era. I started in the era where it was all about taking the risk. Right. And then moved into era where it was all about taking an even bigger risk, but with some protection on, mm-hmm. aka the elbow pads and right. the knee pads. And then it came down to simplifying, you know, and staying clean mm-hmm. and staying sharp, but way too simplified. Right. Like it was way too simplified. Right. To the point where it was like, all right, so we're all going to do the same thing? Mm-hmm. All right. And then now it's now it's kind of making its way back, but it's it's just like a it's a clusterfuck now. Yeah. So is the music. Mm-hmm. You know, the music's a clusterfuck because you don't know what the hell you're dancing to. Uh-huh. Uh, you have an idea of it, but like, what is it really? Right. And then now everyone's like on some. Yeah, it's a clusterfuck of shit now. You don't know what looks good. You don't know what's what is appropriate, or you don't know what works. You know, everyone's on some weird shit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, welcome to breaking. Yeah, you know, twenty twenty two, right? So I don't know, whatever. <laughs> I'll stick to house and rocking. At least there's yeah. still some sort of <laughs> some sort of knowledge, some sort of familiarity I could find following that. On that, there's end. there's there's uh, rhythm and context yeah. in what you're doing. Speaking of rocking and breaking, I'm I'm teaching um a pop up workshop at the workroom. If you're here in Minnesota, at yep. the workroom in Roseville. On the 22nd, I want to say. Um, starting off with rocking first and teaching house after that. So both an hour each. Uh, as far as price, I don't know. But, yeah, should be fun. And they're both going to be entry level too. Yeah, so. so come out, learn, support. Yeah. If you don't make it out, then you are an L7 square. <laughs> you, don't, you need to be a circle. If you don't make it out, um, don't bitch and complain about it. And to me, is saying, oh, man, I really want to learn. <laughs> <laughs> you had the chance, motherfucker. I'll let you know my days in teaching are numbered. Right. So <laughs> my days in teaching are numbered. Um, not to real. Well, yeah, that should give you a hint. Yeah. A big hint. They are numbered. So 
So stand in line, take a number. So the next time, if like, let's just say maybe a few months from now, if you ever want to learn from me, um, it might have to be at a session that randomly pops up or pay for a private. Yeah. Or pay for a private. Yeah. So, which again, jujitsu, it's like you go to class and you kind of dive in and swim. And then if you really want to like clean up on some shit, that's usually where you pull the coach aside and be like, Hey, um, can I do a, a private session like on a Saturday or something? And they're like, yep, it'll be 90 bucks. We'll, we'll see you then. And they'll, and they'll work with you exclusively and fix whatever it is that you need to like work on. But it's like in the class, you're sharing everybody else's time mm-hmm. and you have to be mindful of that. So if you're sitting here struggling with something, realize there's also some black belts and some brown belts and some purple belts that all want to get in some work too. Yeah. So, well, you know. I also like that, you know, with my students at all day, I like that they acknowledge that. Yeah. You know, because a lot, I, I mean, I've had privates like no other. Right. Yeah. I you, have a I private. Mean, yeah. It's, it's great. You, in my opinion, you, you couldn't have better students. Yeah. Um, in, from, from that establishment with that core group, like the people that I know and everybody that I've, um, you know, had the pleasure of like meeting and yeah. sessioning with and then also like uh, working with uh, periodically. It's great. They yeah. come to, they come to class, they book privates, they come to session. It's the only thing that's missing is the club factor. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's due to given our current state. Right. Otherwise, we'd be uh, fucking doing fucking, stuff like every other weekend. Yeah, pretty much. So, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I think uh, we should wrap it up. Yeah, we should. Yeah, because I have to urinate. Uh, yeah. And so do <laughs> I. So we're going to have a sword fight in the toilet bowl. <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, um, with that being said. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Styles and Driss. And we will talk to you soon. Peace, love, and hair grease. Time to pee. 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 A little weaker. Seems I'm a dreamer. Dreaming of you. And I don't know what to do about it. Gotta let you know I'm cool about it. Oh yeah